What's the oldest piece of clothing you have? I mean, that you really wear. You know, I go through clothes pretty hard. And uh, it may be because I haven't worn this shirt so much lately, but this is the oldest piece of clothing I have. If you're up close, you can see, you can see through it. I mean, it's almost like not having a shirt. Uh, but it says on it, Batters Up, Youth Invitational. It comes from a, 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 a youth event I spoke at when I was uh, in 1988. Uh, so it is 26 years old. And uh, I still, I have fond memories. I also have a picture of this with Bo when he was two years old. Uh, and I tried to find that picture. I couldn't find it to show you. Uh, maybe next week I'll have it. But uh, this is my oldest piece of clothing. Uh, normally I go through stuff so fast or, or Beth throws it away without me knowing that um, I don't have too much. But maybe you can beat me. I wonder why you have that old piece of clothing. And even more, how much longer can it last? You know, I was doing some research this week. I looked at a, a foods that last forever. Have you ever done this? Foods that last forever? Uh, there are some foods that last forever, at least they say. But, you know, they really don't last forever, do they? Sugar. Sugar, if you store it in a cool, dark place, it will last a long time, but all you do is put some heat to it and it does what? It melts, it caramelizes. Salt, baking soda, like you'd want that to last forever. A liquor, none of us have any of that. Wheat, white rice, but it, it has to be white rice. Brown rice has the walls in it and, and so that causes it to expire quicker. Honey. Honey, now really, it almost uh, never goes bad, uh, except when you talk about forever. Forever is a mighty long time, isn't it? White vinegar, soy sauce, pure vanilla extract. Not imitation, but pure vanilla extract will last almost forever. Interesting to think about. Well, why am I thinking about that? You know, we've been talking about in 1 Peter in our study of us all who believe in Christ being aliens and strangers here. We've been talking about these first couple of chapters of 1 Peter. And you remember verses 3 through 12, we talked about how we have the salvation that enables us to keep going in times of trials and troubles. Because that's what is going on in the lives of Peter, the people that Peter's writing to. They are facing lots of persecution in what is now modern-day Turkey because of their belief in Christ. They're losing their businesses. They're being imprisoned. Some are even being killed because of their belief in Jesus Christ. He says to focus on your salvation to get through this in verses 3 through 12. And then he has three commands for the believers. He says first, verses 13 through 16, you need to be holy. You need to focus on being holy. Uh, verses 17 through 21, he says you need to have a fear of God. We talked about last week and what that means. Not what we typically think of when we talk about fear of God, but but as we talked about last week, it is having loving respect, love plus respect for God. And today, we get to this curious section of 1 Peter, verses 22 through 25, that I think talk about their focus is on the lasting benefits of the Word of God. As I mentioned with this shirt, eventually this shirt will fall apart. 
your piece of favorite clothing will fall apart. Eventually, any food that you have, uh, yes, it will keep for a long time if you store it in the proper conditions, but if it faced uh, really high heat, if it faced a catastrophic event, it wouldn't last, would it? It would be destroyed. But our text today says that the, the thing that lasts forever, the thing that we can benefit from, not only in this life, but forever, is the Word of God. It's why we study the Word of God together every Sunday when we come together. It's why we, in our small groups, look at the words of God. There are benefits, lasting benefits, from God's Word. Let's talk about these three today. I want to give you three lasting benefits about and available from God's Word. First is this. It gives us, if we listen to it, if we obey it, it gives us purification through obedience. Purification through obedience. Verse 22 says it this way. Now that you have been that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. Very important that you see that all in one sentence. You have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. It all is important there. Now, it's not the, the words of God. It's not the Bible that brings your purification. What do we need purification from? We need pur pur purification from those times when we rebel against God. We don't do what God wants us to do, or we do something that God doesn't want us to do. All of us have done those things. We need purification. We need a, to have a fresh start from that. So God has sent to us the living word of God, Jesus, and the, the written word tells us about him, but it is not enough just to see it. It's not enough just to know it. It means that we, as we take and want to have faith in God, faith is synonymous with obeying the truth. Obeying the truth. We have to follow through with obedience. Look what Luke eleven twenty eight says. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. We can know book after book, verse after verse of scripture, but it's not going to have a beneficial effect unless we submit ourselves to it, unless we obey, even when we want to go a different way. Obey even if it doesn't necessarily make sense to us. Obey. 1 John 2, verse 3 says, We know that if we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Listen, it's not the works, it's not the things we do come first, but what he's saying is, a testimony of our faith, you can't avoid it. If we have a real faith in Jesus Christ, if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're, then we're going to follow through by obedience. We're going to follow through immediately, we're right away by obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You see, God wants to get us to the point where we're available for him we we will obey instantly we he eventually would like us to get to the point where we don't even think about not obeying stories told of general robert e lee he wanted to talk to one of his major generals stonewall jackson and so he sent a message to him he was in another camp 
He said, General Jackson, I'd, I'd like to see you whenever you can, whenever you're coming this way. I'd like to see you. It's not urgent. Well, General Jackson got the message. The next morning, he left in a blizzard to ride a horse eight miles to General Lee's camp. And he came into his tent, General Lee's, and, and General Lee said, Stonewall, I didn't, I meant for you to come when you could, not you didn't have to be here right now. And Jackson says to him, your simple request is my supreme command. Your simple request is my supreme command. Friends, you can have uh, an amazing life, I think, if you will learn to submit yourself to God's truth. You see, God gives us his truth not to reign on our parade, not to, to reign in our fun. God gives us his truth about the decisions we make in life so that he can then unlock the showers of blessing in our life. And, and so we want to get to the point where our obedience to his truth is instant. We don't even think about it. And, and through that process... He brings purification. You think about it. Most of the things that corrupt us are when we disobey God, right? We disobey God, it brings ugly stuff into our life. It brings bad stuff into our relationships. Obedience is a key. It's a great benefit. It gives us purification through obedience. The second available benefit available from God's word is love that is sincere. It said it to us there in verse 22. <clears throat> now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Several words you need to understand the Greek background there. Sincere love means not hypocritical. It literally means that. It's not sincere, that Greek word we translate sincere means not hypocrite, not, not made up, not, not pretended to be. That's what he's saying. And then the, the word for love here is philos, and, and is it, he puts it together, Philadelphia. Now philos is a love that you have for a brother. It's a love you have for a friend in Greek. They had four different words for love. This is a word you have for, for somebody that's like you. And Adelphos, that word originally meant in Greek, from the same womb. See, when you have, if you're not an only child, if you have brothers and sisters, you, you have a connection with them because you share a commonality. You share common genes. You share the same environment, probably growing up. And, and so hopefully you have a loving relationship with them but he's not just talking about that see the bible tells us when we believe in christ then we join a family of god we have brothers and sisters not joined by blood but joined together by spirit love that is sincere for brothers for your family and for your brothers your sisters in Christ. That's what he's saying. That comes from obeying the words of God. It, it comes from having a living, vibrant, authentic faith 
in Jesus Christ, that, that brings about that love that is sincere. Jesus commanded his disciples this. All of us who believe in him are his disciple. So just as he spoke to his disciples in John chapter 13, he speaks to us today. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Let me ask you, does that say you love each other as long as they do the right thing? Does that say you love each other as long as you're lovable? I I tell you this, God doesn't bring people in church. He doesn't bring people to Christ and then make them completely lovable. Uh, I know that's a revelation to you. You never had a disagreement with any brother or sister in Christ. You've never had anybody that just drove you crazy that sat next to you in church or sat next to you in your living room or maybe slept with you in your bed, right? Never happened. No, this doesn't have qualifiers. These commands... These lasting benefits come, they are the road less traveled. They come through us being supernaturally changed. The only way you can have a love that's not hypocritical, that's not conditional, the only way you can have love for people who are unlovable or unlovely, the only way you can do that is through the the Lord of the universe, Jesus Christ, taking over coming to dwell in your heart, the Holy Spirit leading you, changing you from the inside out. That's a love that is sincere. And did you hear what he said? That loves deeply. It's the only time that Greek word's in the New Testament. It means to have a fervent. It means to have uh, the love of galloping horses. That's another use of it in other literature around that time the Bible was written. To have the love of, that you can't stop. That's what it means. A love that's so deep it has no bottom. It continually gets filled up. Again, that doesn't come naturally. To have a love that doesn't quit. To have a love that has no bottom. It will not come if you're separated. It will not come if you have to think about obeying Christ. It will not come if you don't spend your life studying and taking in and living out the words of God. What a difference this could make in our life. If we heard God's words here and we obeyed them. 1 John 2, 5, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. Your love for God's revealed in the way that you love others. If we don't get along with our brothers and sisters in Christ, what hope do we have to change the world? Moravian missionaries went to Greenland. For the first year, they didn't make any progress whatsoever. The Greenland people, had no, they didn't want to hear from them. Then a smallpox ep- epidemic hit. Many people were sick, gravely ill. And some died. After they got through the worst of the worst, the leader, the tribal leader, 
of one of the Greenland tribes came up to the head missionary and he said this. He said, you have taken care of our sick. You've cried with us who are struggling. You've helped us bury our dead. Now tell me about your God. Friends, I believe the reason, the reason sometimes we don't reach more people for Christ is because we don't love each other deeply, sincerely. It's a challenge, a challenge that we can meet. The third lasting benefit available from God's word is life that doesn't end. Life that doesn't end. Notice how he changes it. Verse 22 appears to be disconnected from verses 23 to 25, but it, it actually fits well together. This is how it says it, verses 23 through 25. For you have been born again. Remember I said that kind of love is not possible naturally. No, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. That is, not of something that goes away, but something that is forever. Through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures, how long? Forever. The word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word that was preached to you. Life that doesn't end. I cannot tell you that you can trust forever anything else in the word, or in the world, but I can tell you that you can trust the word of God forever. That's why my messages to you will be based in, they will be from the Word of God. That's why with all the different conflicting informational sources, all the different people that speak into your life, all different truths, or, or they say truths, trying to compete to get your attention and your influence, I say to you we have to give priority to the Word of God. It's the only thing that lasts Forever. And what does it tell us? That we, if we yield, if we give our faith and our allegiance to Jesus Christ, that we, if we produce fruit based out of that faith, if we learn to love even those who are unlovely, if we learn to love even those who are enemies, if we produce that fruit, that our life here will not end. It will last forever. John 3.16, one of the most favorite verses in all of Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have or eternal life. What did our verses say? It's not of perishable seed you have been born again. It is imperishable. Here, John, uh, Jesus says in John 3.16, you come of something and you will not perish your body, when it is put into the grave, will not be done. Your body, even though it hurts and aches, when you are done, you are not done. You are just beginning. 1846, former President John Quincy Adams suffered a stroke. Although he returned to Congress the following year, his health was clearly failing. Daniel Webster describes his last meeting with Adams. Someone, a friend of his, came in and made a particular inquiry of his health. Listen to this, Adams' answer. I inhabit, I inhabit a weak, frayed, decayed tenement. 
battered by the winds and broken in upon the st- by the storms. And from all I can learn, the landlord does not intend to repair. A tenement was a rental house. A, he understood that this body, this life he had on this side of eternity, it was a rental. It's a temple that does decay. This temple will go away. Yet his life, his spirit, would last forever. That's what he's saying. That's what he's indicating. First John chapter 5 says this to us. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You may trust it. You may take it to the bank that you will live forever. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything as we've approached him seeking to be obedient, having been purified by our belief in his son, according to his will, he hears us. (laughs) It's good stuff, you see, that at death, our life is only beginning. On his deathbed, British preacher Charles Simeon smiled brightly and asked the people gathered in the room, listen to this, what do you think especially gives me comfort at this time? None of us want to think about what it would be to be on our deathbed, but I think, I hope you can join Simeon for a moment. This is what he said. They all remained silent, the people around him. He said, the creation. I asked myself, did Jehovah, did God create the world or did I? He did. Now, if he made the world and all the rolling spheres of the universe, he certainly can take care of me. Into Jesus' hands, I can safely commit my spirit. A few days before his death, F.B. Meyer wrote a very dear friend these words. I've just heard to my great surprise that I have but a few days to live. It may be that before this reaches you, I shall have entered the palace. Don't trouble to write. We shall meet in the morning. I look forward to knowing. As I read God's words, I can trust forever. I look forward to knowing, to seeing my grandmother, my dear friends that have officiated their funerals, my brothers and sisters in Christ that I've loved. Even some, it's amazing to see, if you will devote yourselves to loving those brothers and sisters who maybe are a little crusty, if you can break through that shell, if you can show that person that you're going to stick with them, even if they try to run you away, how the cold can be warmed, how the frost goes away. I can tell you I've seen that happen. God can do the impossible, and God will. If we let him, you know, <clears throat> it's uh, funny if you ever have to uh, change refrigerators, what you find out. If you have, if your refrigerator refrigerator starts to break down, you go in and look. It's amazing how stuff can stay in your refrigerator for a long time, right? Any of you have done this? You go through and look through the salad dressings, and you've got one that's like expired, two thousand five. 2000 right you <laughs> I hope you don't I hope you don't believe that you still should eat that right 
most foods have two dates on them. They either have a, a used by or a best by. A best by meaning uh, that this will taste the best, the quality will be the best if you consume it by this date. A used by that it is, we can guarantee its safety. We can guarantee that it is still uh, safe for you to consume by this date. And after that, take your chances. Now, I know some of you are like my dad. You think that used by date's just a suggestion. You probably eat that stuff and you're still here. Uh, but I'm telling you, I have chosen for me and my family not to eat anything where the used by date is passed. Because its use, its opportunity has been wasted. Now, the application I make is this, you see. God gives all of us a limited amount of time to pour into the relationships around us. He has all of us a limited amount of time to choose to obey him and to live out his words in the people around us, to be a blessing and to receive the blessings of a close and tight, loving relationship that is sincere, that is deep. But we can waste that opportunity. We can think that tomorrow will never come. Oh, what a tragedy it is that many of us have wasted our opportunities to love sincerely and deeply. But today is a new day. Today is a day where you can bring yourself to God and ask him to give you that kind of love. Ask him to produce in you as a life that will never end, a love that models the love of Jesus Christ. Today, understand this, there is no expiration date for those who love the Lord. And there is no expiration date for those whose lives are touched by those who love the Lord. All things pass away, but our relationships, they last forever. Father, as we think about these things, I pray that you would show us, you would convey and convict us where we need to be convicted. May we realize we got areas of our life where we're not living obediently, areas of our life, uh, relationships where we're not loving. <clears throat> I pray, Father, that you'd help us to change with your help. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a decision to make for the Lord, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, if you want to become a Christian, you want to join us formally here at Northside, we'll help you with that. But it is our time to respond to God's word. And remember, we love Jesus. We're going to sing, My Jesus, I Love. That we love him by what we say, but we show how much we love him by how we live, how we act. Let's stand together and sing. If you have a decision, please come. <clears throat>